Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you a series of spiritual tools to enable everyday Christian living in the parish of Yate. Oh, Christmas howl. I love it. I really do. I get time off work. I get to relax. You know, I get to see the kids opening presents. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I just it, it's a really relaxing time. I can put my feet up, really reflect on the year. I mean, oh, it's a perfect time for just chilling. So, uh, how what were you doing? I've got about, uh, let me think, nine call services I think and uh, two full days doing the Christmas tree festival and the, the fall of the star and then I've got um, a pile of oh, I don't know I have to look at my diary it's oh, just um, oh yeah I forgot yeah. that you're really busy and aren't I'm you? going to go to bed at two o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve and then I'll be up at five <laughs> Oh, okay. You're, you're going to be busy, aren't you? Oh, um, uh, okay. Uh, well, we'll move on then. So, welcome to this week's edition of uh, the Connection Podcast, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Christmas and what Christmas is all about. So, the first thing we'll be talking about is uh, looking at how the concept of the Word made flesh. And then we're looking at how Christmas is for the vulnerable and how, how Jesus is vulnerable. We'll also be looking at how Jesus' birth shows us how uh, showed us who God is. And finally, we'll talk about why Christmas makes vicars very, very tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we said, we're going to talk about Christmas. So, how? what does Christmas mean to you? Well, Christmas is a nice story when you're a kid. Yeah. But I think as you grow up, the kind of the kind of sort of sequins and the kind of slushiness and soft focus kind of ebbs away. Okay. And I suppose what I find most wonderful at Christmas is how God puts into action what he says. Okay. So the central idea of Christmas is Jesus is the word made flesh. Yeah. So the word of God is actually what we call embodied, in other words, acted out okay. by a person. He puts it into practice. He doesn't just say it, he does it. Yeah. Okay, well, that does absolutely make sense. And I think coming from your your profession and from your background, that seems to be the right attitude to approach to Christmas. But let's truthfully be honest, Christmas has become more about tinsel than it is been about <laughs> than going to the church. And I think, you know, uh, we are in danger that Christmas has, I think, lost its meaning a little. People have forgotten to follow the star. I mean, hopefully most of you have been engaging with that in the community recently. But, you know, it, it, it's quite a nice time to actually, us as Christians, to try and reach out to everyone and remind people what is this Christmas story that predominantly is the centrepiece of what we are celebrating. Yeah, I, I, the most brilliant, no, I was going to say magical, but it's not really magical. <laughs> My favourite service of the whole year is always Midnight Mass. Okay, I always, yeah. It always sort of blows me away, and I'm always completely shattered by that point, yeah. because you, you just, all clergy just work crazy hours in December, and yeah. you get to Midnight Mass, and you're usually utterly exhausted. Yeah. And... But it's always got this element of the darkness outside yeah. um, and the light inside. Yep. 
and being there celebrating the birth of Christ with all that symbolism of light and darkness around you. Yeah. It's always been, um, out of all the services I've done, the one which I find almost sort of the most moving, really. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, in my 20s, it was certainly something I really absolutely enjoyed. I called it pre-children. Uh, it was something <laughs> I could go to without a degree of lots of exhaustion. Um, but no, it was always a humbling service. It was a great opportunity to remind me that this is what Christmas is all about. It's not about watching the Muppets Christmas Carol or, or drinking a couple of glasses of wine on Christmas Day. It is about the story, about what we... Are celebrating as Christians. Um, so yeah, no, I'm with you there. The Midnight Mass is, is a fantastic opportunity to take seed of the light and the dark, combining together with a bit of exhaustion. But of course, with children, I'm predominantly still wrapping up presents and trying to get myself sorted at that point and still very tired. But uh, I do try and make an effort. But yes, I imagine you will be there, Midnight Mass. What's your plan this year for Midnight Mass? Oh, for this, uh, I'm doing it at uh, St. James's. In, St. James. uh, so I've never done one in a village before. Oh, wow. So it will be truly dark out there. It will be, it's yeah. It's a beautiful, so, beautiful village. And it's, it was, it's quite, I've got a Christmas tradition with it, really. I've always done this. Is uh, I go and say Midnight Mass and I come home and I always have... Uh, a large measure of whiskey at the end, so I'll nice. be able to get some sleep on top of the wine. But on top of the wine <laughs> until until the kids come back. And and I usually base my uh, sermon on uh, a Christmas song. Oh, okay. So I've done I've done nearly all of them. I even did Rage Against the Machine one year when it was Christmas number one Fantastic. a few years ago. So I quite like that one. Yeah, <laughs> I quite like that one. So I try and do something a bit different for that. But yeah, I love Midnight Mass and I love yeah. the, the the sort of the build up towards it yeah. and the sense of at the darkest time of year yeah the light is coming back yeah and you know in december that you know in the new year the light will return yeah and i think you get this sense of the whole world is actually echoing that story of you know the light coming in yeah and i i, I adore that it's absolutely brilliant it's lovely isn't it it's lovely so Let's talk about Christmas. I mean, we've got we've got our fairy tale stories where we know that Joseph and Mary was on the back of a donkey going to wine, <laughs> trying to find a house to sleep in that evening and in the stable. I mean, the story is etched in history. We've got the kind of pink and fluffy side of it. But how let, let's let's approach it as adults. Let's look at the story and and what does it symbolise and what does it tell us as Christians at this time of year? Well, it's. In a funny way, it's if we think of the Old Testament, the Jewish part of the Bible, as a kind of crescendo, so kind of getting louder and louder and louder, yeah. telling these stories of who God is. Yeah. Uh, when you get to Jesus, he is the, the ultimate interpretation of the person of God. He is the ultimate image of God. Okay. And what we have there in, say, old stories like the story of Hannah, who is a, a woman who can't have children, mm. right, uh, and feels bad about it and prays to God. And then she has a son who is Samuel, who is in the temple. Yeah. Now that story is echoed then in the person of Elizabeth, who is um, John the Baptist's mum, yeah. John the Baptist being Jesus' cousin. Yeah. And the angel comes and speaks to Zachariah, her husband, and says that she's going to have a child who should be called John. Now the reason that's interesting is that God comes right at the beginning of the Christmas story, the bit yeah. we don't usually talk about, yeah. and speaks to the people who are at the bottom of society. 
it was a really busy time for God at that time, wasn't it? There were, there were, <laughs> there were angels all over the place. They were talking to, talking to Elizabeth. They were, talking, they were talking to Mary, and there was just a lot going on. That again, as you can see, it, it's not normally touched on in the in the Christmas story. We kind of pick up a little bit later in the story of the process, but it was a busy symbolic time. Yeah, because what what we got there is God showing not just in words but in actions yeah. uh, who He is, where. He speaks to people and calls people to be the centerpieces of his great story of salvation. Yeah. Who are the last people who society would notice. Yeah, okay. People right at the bottom. Yeah. Because people who couldn't have children were basically mm. destitute. They were yeah. seen as cursed. But all the way through the Old Testament, God always picks the people at the bottom. Okay. And that's... The people from the wrong tribe, the, the least powerful people. He always chooses them. And he makes that most explicit in uh, how his son is born, uh, and that's deeply ingrained in our in our in our behaviour as Christians, isn't it? Is to ensure that we treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter what, what 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 financial stability you've got. It's all about treating everyone as you would like yourself, like love thy neighbour. That's right, and I, I think it's as well to do with say if we think about the Christmas story, is that Jesus being born as a person who's a refugee who's basically destitute. Yeah, yeah. Tough times. Yeah, you know, it, you know, this idea, like, is that thing from one of the carols, uh, Once in Royal David City, where you say, uh, you know, in a lowly stable. Mm. You know, and, and really it's an amazing idea that the creator of the whole universe chooses to be born in the most absurd way. Yeah. In a backwater town. Yep. In a backwater country, yeah. In a backwater way, so and he, he it, it must have been horrendous. Do you know? I mean, yeah. My wife's got a horse. I'm very attuned to the mucking out job, and that's just one horse. I mean, this was a stable full of animals. Yeah, uh, you know, it must have been well, just uh, uh, horrendous in 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 our attitude towards life. But it's amazing that the Son of God, Jesus was born in such conditions. And as well, it's to do with vulnerability, is we yeah. often think about how God is almighty and all-powerful. Yeah. But he chooses to be born in a, in a place of total vulnerability. Yes. Where he is completely weak. Yeah. It, it makes me think of, when I was a curate years ago, um, it was, it was, Christmas was on this cycle, where Christmas was on the Tuesday. And um, it was actually... Today, on the 23rd, we okay. did our carol service. Okay. And I had a phone call about three o'clock off our organist who said, uh, oh, you know, can you come down and, and sort this out, please? You know, because, you know, someone's in a bit of a state. So I went down and there was this um, this lady who had come up from London on the train up yep. to Chorley. Uh, and she had uh, a child who was about, about eight, nine months old, something like that. Okay. And they come into the church because they, they didn't they got kicked off the train because they sort of they were trying to get somewhere else and they couldn't, and she literally had nowhere to go. Wow! And I I remember thinking you know as we went and sorted of out some accommodation and and got her sorted and tried to get her back on her feet sort of thing. As we did that, I remember thinking you know that how incredibly vulnerable that child was. Yeah. In a strange town, in a strange place. Yeah. Uh, totally reliant, you know, on people helping them. Yes. And how that could have turned out completely differently, and how that that literally is. Yeah. 
the Christmas story. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, you probably didn't realise it at the time, but on on a process of reflection and with prayer, you really did appreciate that. And clearly, she landed in the right place to be encompassed by fellow Christians and to be supported through that. So that's right. Yeah, amazing. And I think it's not in that sort of level. It's not a nice story. Uh, Christmas. It's actually a story of well, suffering and vulnerability. Yeah. It's not a sort of... It's joyful in the sense that God puts himself in that position for yeah. us. Yeah. So that's where the joy comes in. Yeah. But it's not happy, No. if you can tell the difference. Yeah. And and I, I... That's something I've only really appreciated since doing pastoral work. And, like, you'll know this from your work as a nurse. Yeah. Is Christmas, for a lot of people, is... A really difficult time. Yeah, it it is. I mean, you know, I've I've done I've worked a few Christmases for the NHS, and and certainly worked with some colleagues that have done more than I have. But yeah, Christmas is an incredibly difficult time. I mean, I work within a, a pediatric setting now, but even in the adult setting, it was you could certainly sense that Christmas predominantly amplifies any emotion, uh, makes things a lot more deeper and meaningful, and 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 being so vulnerable in a hospital at Christmas it just seems 10 times worse than it was when it was in the summertime um, and, and it, it it becomes very it's just a very odd different environment to, to witness yeah and that's something that I think we don't really talk about enough in, in our society you know because it's all about consumption it's all about feeling happy it's mm. all about this is the the perfect day mm. And I often wonder, there was an advert out a few years ago, I think it was from Asda, where they said, you know, have your perfect Christmas. And uh, there was this uh, mum who was running around trying to make it perfect for everybody. And everybody was ignoring her. And at the end, she sat down and drank some wine and everybody had a perfect Asda Christmas or whatever it was. (laughs) And I remember thinking that the amount of pressure on families to have a perfect day... Yeah you know, just amplifies all the sort of disjointedness of families, yeah. the, you know, the ordinary sort of run-of-the-mill yeah. sort of, dis- you know, we're not talking to him and he's not coming around here and what about this then? And- yes, family politics, you just got to love it. You've just got to love it. You can't, you can't get away from it, but it does happen. You are that you are right. And of course, so we have a few events, don't we, Cal, uh, this year on Christmas Day, not only just for families, but of course for people who are alone at Christmas. Yeah, there's two things really. Uh, you know, at St Nick's and at uh, St Mary's, we have morning services. Yeah. Uh, but also as well, there's something that uh, Ian McFarlane's doing yeah. uh, on Christmas Day, which is festive tea and company. Yeah. And uh, we did this in, in Drayton a few years ago. Uh, it's sort of like in the afternoon time. Yep. And what you do is you get out some board games. Uh, we played on the Wii, we yeah. did. And uh, we did some other things and had some mince pies and some cakes and stuff and some mulled wine. And the idea behind it was that it was a time for people to come into church who were either on their own yeah. or there'd been a significant issue in their life. Yeah, okay. Uh, and what we did find interesting is people would come to help Yeah. in inverted commas. Okay. Uh, so we had huge amounts of helpers. Okay, yeah. And we had about three people which okay. were punters. Yeah. But I knew that was... 80% of the helpers... Yeah were also on their own. Yeah, no, of so course. It gave them a, a way through that time, which yeah. 
you know, if you're not having a very good day, uh, for all sorts of different reasons, yeah, um, you know, and I know many many churches do things like that right across the country. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic, and what a great thing! And, and you know, one of my best ever Christmas services was here uh, on Christmas Day at St Mary's um, with Ian Wallace. He did a fantastic sermon that involved bars of chocolate and putting that into the into the Christmas story it was astonishing it was one of his first ever sermons he did when he first joined the parish and uh, it still sits in my brain now is it just such a great thing to do on Christmas day but uh, absolutely Uh, but what better time to open the doors to the people that are at their most vulnerable on Christmas day and to come to our church because Christmas does at times not only bring joy but also great sadness and I think the thing is it goes back to that idea of the word made flesh Mm is that Jesus uh, acts out and is the message of God's love in yeah. himself. Yeah. And he, as I say, embodies it. So in other words, he makes himself vulnerable. Yeah. You know, he literally does it um, in himself at great cost, right from the very beginning. Yeah. And that's what we are called as Christians to be the whole year round, yeah. is to be like Jesus, to be in action yep. the word of god to to put into practice the word of god so in doing festive tea and company yeah uh, as well as the christmas services uh, what we're actually doing in that offering hospitality yeah we're offering the hospitality in the same way the innkeeper did yeah so we're actually making the story real yeah in in today yeah so in trying to find somewhere for that lady to live all those years ago when I was a curate, we'd actually live in the Christmas story. It's amazing, isn't it? It's funny how in even in the most extreme circumstances there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, even that innkeeper that allowed Mary and Joseph into his stable, there was huge displacement. People have been moved from right, left, and centre for the for the formal counting to be audited, to mm. be to be to be in the right place at the right time. These guys, you know, Mary and Joseph, have been completely displaced, and of course, then were met with nowhere to stay. Uh, and even though the innkeeper was probably met with many requests, he managed to find it in his heart to place these this couple. And a very vulnerable couple. I mean, Mary was on the nearest edges of <laughs> bursting from a baby. I mean, he must have thought, what on earth is going on here? Uh, to take them into his stable. And, and so, yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is, as well, is in Follow the Star, what yep. we've done is we've uh, we've done these different crafts. Yeah. And... Um, a lot of them surrounded by different uh, lights. So mm. we've asked people to make a kind of tea light holder yeah. and put the tea light in and then put it in your window uh, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And the idea of that is that in lighting the candle and put it in the window and uh, saying the prayer that goes with it, what we're doing is we're saying that there's room in our home yeah. for Jesus. Yes. Well, I've got mine ready for tomorrow. Mine will be there. It'll be ready to go as with my uh, my Advent wreath 
Obviously, we're on our fourth candle, so it's all... Four going, candles. Four candles. Four candles. It's just too many jokes. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, if you've been listening to uh, The Connection, you'll hopefully been experiencing some of the content about what The Reef's been all about. If you haven't, there's, just rewind. There's plenty of other episodes to catch up with what we've been discussing with regard to Christmas. And I've got to give full credit, though, for that story about the candle in the window to my mum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yes, as we mentioned it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I was, when my dad goes down the pub... Yeah. On his straight line thing. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, it is it's quite good, that. And of course, it's probably really, it, it, it is right to say that Christmas isn't just a single day in our calendar. You know, if you even look at the story, it probably took a little while for the three wise men to make their way to the stable. It was a long distance they travelled. And so, as a community within our church, we celebrate Christmas way beyond the single day. Yes, yeah, so it's 12 days of Christmas. Yep. And what we do is we break up the story into the different bits. So... Christmas Day in itself is, is focuses on the, the idea of the word made flesh and the birth. Yeah. And then we have the shepherds, uh, and then we have uh the three wise men or the three kings or the major or whatever. Yes. Uh, on the sixth of uh January, which ends the Christmas season with yeah. uh the Epiphany. Say something about the shepherds. Yeah. Um Shepherds were the equivalent of a shepherd today would be a traveller. Okay. Uh, somebody who lives outside of the community, uh, who is distrusted by the community. Okay. Uh, shepherds were the only people in Jewish courts whose evidence wasn't valid. Wow. Because okay. they were that sort yeah, of yeah, seen they were, as that dodgy yeah. like dodgy guys. Dodgy guys. Yeah, yeah. So even in that is who does God? Who is the first person who God announces yep. the birth of His Son to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The travellers who are travelling and. Well, on, on the fringes of the of the town. Yeah, people who are outside, people on the edges, the outcasts. Yeah. Yes. So the whole story is about uh, God of the outcasts. Yeah. As the song from, what's it? Uh, oh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. No, it's a song. I was racking my brains about carols. So Disney, no, it's a Disney film, it's a Disney sorry. Film. It's a Disney film. Fantastic. And I think in our next episode, we are going to talk about the wise men and what is Epiphany. And who they are, and where they, they come are, from. Fill in some of those gaps. What is Christmas all about? I think we've managed to cover a lot of that. And we have to finish off by saying Merry Christmas to everybody and have a lovely Christmas day, no matter what your situation is. Please do come up to us at any point. Uh, during the services, we'll be at about, I imagine now we know that Hal will be at St James's uh, on Midnight Mass. What about Christmas Day? Where are you going to be? Christmas Day, I'm at St Nick's. St Nick's. Christmas Day. Lovely. It's a busy time for you guys. Isn't it? I know we've taken a bit of a joke that you are, I'm going to be relaxing and you're going to be busy, but it is a busy time. And uh, But uh, like Hal said, uh, a Merry Christmas and, uh, and we look forward to seeing you out and about over the Christmas period. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you. <laughs>